and well met, everyone. Welcome to 20-Sided Stories, the show about games and the people who love them. Coming to you from beautiful Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Sitting around the table today is Chris. Lauren. Hey, everybody. This is Ken. I'm Danny. And we are here talking about, well, a lot of things, I, I could think. Uh, we all just got back from Indianapolis from Gen Con 2014, and that's going to be Sort of the the bit, yeah. See, <laughs> see, wasn't it awesome? It was, it was awesome. awesome. I had a great time. Yeah, it was great. and we will get into that a bit more uh, as as uh, the show goes on. But first of all, we kind of wanted to talk about who we are and what we do for the people that sort of don't know us. I mean, everybody who might listen to to this probably knows who we are. But we are all a community of uh, gamers based out of the Twenty Sided Store in in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Who, which by the way, is the best place you can play games Team in uh, New York. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hashtag Team Team Twenty SS. Uh, yeah, we've been doing D and D board games, magics for three years now, and it, it's actually Lauren's store. So I should probably stop talking and let her talk about her own store. It's quite all right, Chris. You got it covered. You got it covered. Uh, but yeah, we've been open for three years now. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And this is us sort of branching out into doing more things, aiding our uh, community a little bit better and trying to reach out to more people who may feel like they don't have a, a, a community like ours or a store like ours or might feel like because I, I can know where I grew up. Like the only gaming scene there was was in the local comic book shop, which is right next to, which was which shared a building with a uh, tobacco store, which would not have been conducing to conducive <laughs> to any young community at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, we're very very fortunate to be able to gather mm-hmm. in the numbers we do, and with the quality of people we are, we've been running games for D and D encounters as well as R- oh, yeah. RPGs for the last three years as well. We have just really uh, been able to gather some really great people. So I hope for those of you who don't have a community. Uh, that maybe we can be a surrogate community for you. And I hope that uh, you uh, enjoy what we're going to talk about and that it helps you see into Gen Con a little bit more further if you weren't able to make it out. Yeah. Uh, The first thing that we want to get into is, well, speaking of D&D and uh, counters, last Wednesday we had our second session, like the second full session of Horde of the Dragon Queen, which is the first uh, season to support 5th edition completely. And uh, it's been a blast. Like Ken, you've you've been running it a lot more than I have since. We were super stoked. We've uh, over the last two weeks, we've had f- over forty players that showed up every night, which yeah, is it, it, awesome. A- every Wednesday, which it's is been crazy. packed. Like it's like, crazy. You've been turning people away. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Last time was we a did. full house. We did, we did have to away. turn three people away. I took a table of eight because I just couldn't bear to <laughs> that one their heart. That I I, I would have taken them all if I could, but physical space was a limitation yeah. at that point. We were bumping up fire codes. (laughs) Yeah, darn it. (laughs) Danny stole my joke. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, I've been super, super lucky to have a great team. Um, All of my DMs, uh, the past, I'd say, you know, for the whole Sundering, have really, really stepped up the notch of, you know, stepped up the bar for what DMing could be in organized play, I think, in a store situation. Um, And... There's a real great support network, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of flows out into our customers and into our um, our tables when we're playing, and it just kind of creates this really great community and atmosphere that is welcoming to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's just super, super fun. So well, we're definitely benefiting from fifth edition releasing over the oh, past oh, few yeah. weeks. I mean. Uh, Everyone's super stoked for the new rules. Everyone's super excited for the new sort of uh, super adventure, Tyranny of Dragons, that's going to be mm-hmm. going on over the next six months. Yeah. Um, and uh, everyone's ready to get right into it. The old enemies, the Cult of the Dragon are back. We've got Red Wizards. I mean, our first session, we had a dragon show up. I haven't seen a dragon in Encounters for months and months and months and months. It's oh, yeah. very rare that they even show up, but we've got them everywhere this season, which is sick. It's really great. It's really great. And Neverwinter, I think, was the last dragon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. I, my character died. Actually, yeah. from that thing. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Memories of my characters dying. <laughs> but that is not the type of podcast. We're not going to regale you of stories yeah, yeah, of yeah, our characters or character games. This is not a story podcast. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, we did have, like, yeah, like, we had that first thing the 
like you hear the massive roar off over the town of uh, Greenest, and it's obviously a, a dragon, and all of our characters are first level. So you would imagine a first level character hears a, a, a dragon. What do they do? They turn around, they go the other way. Well, most of our characters did want to do that. Most of our players were all like, what? Like, can't we run away? And we're all like, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. Tyranny of dragons, get into it. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of people getting really excited about building their characters. I actually had to add in a second character creation day. Like earlier, um, I was planning on having that be most of session one, but everybody was so excited about the player's handbook coming out that I um, booked it for the Sunday prior to the Wednesday. And come session two, everybody was freaking out like, oh no, please don't let my character die. I just built it. I just invested. It's only been two weeks. This is not fair. I mean, we really lucked out that so many people did show up for that character building session. So we had a lot of folks who had their sort of backstories and bonds mm -hmm. that were sort of crossing over as they began. It, it's been interesting to sit down at the tables and realize that almost everyone who's sitting down already is super in character, knows where they're coming from, oh, yeah. what they're and about. And knows where everyone else is coming from. I think that's something that's really intrinsic to just the 20-sided store's brand is that they really like instill this idea that what you're bringing to the table is real and it's tangible and it means something and that your investment actually counts. Right. You're going to get a return on that investment. Mm -hmm. that yeah, I mean, something that I really, really wanted everyone to be focusing on for that first session was was the first part was kind of mechanically understanding your character build but then the second part was traveling to greenest learning creating your character while going to a place so so kind of that further sort of character creation through adventuring and you know we had four dms because the other half of us were were at gen con um ken and lisa Leo Tom and, and Leo. Tom mm -hmm. kind of held the fort down and uh, really did a superb job of being able to kind of keep the anticipation up and the excitement going for that uh, final half of that session. And all I heard when I came back were great things. And, and even just um, coming in at session two with my players at my table, you know, I'm asking them to describe their characters and they're already talking about characters at other tables that they have, you know, beef with or owe money to or, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, 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 who are you talking about? They're like, oh, yeah, that's Rodrigo's character, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they're using their character names like they're not using the player name. So it was really it was really great. And um, I'm, I'm actually really bummed out that I missed that first session. But yeah. we'll, we'll get on to how much fun we had at Gen Con later. Yeah. Well, what's I think what's really interesting, and I'd love to know if this is happening at other stores, is that so many of our players have self-generated organizations that they're a part of. So mm -hmm. along with this idea of factions that which is the Coast is really putting out, which is a great idea and really uh, allows someone to dig into the world a bit more, we have so many player-created organizations. We have trading companies and we have uh, uh, bands Marshall of warriors, Marshall, and Murda, exactly. and yeah. <laughs> all these acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, we were calling them factions before yeah. Wizards of the Coast actually threw out factions. And that, that was like a huge kind of like... Uh, you know, uh, with our players, they were all trying to say like, okay, so cool. So I know Wizards is giving us these five factions, but since we've already got our factions, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's redefine this because, you know, I really want to make sure that, that our players can have an investment into the written material and really feel like, um, the factions that they belong to have meaning and have purpose, like Danny said earlier. So we decided to call them affiliations and we've kind of said to them you know right now these are affiliations they're bands of adventures um that have you know people have been following finding other followers from other players uh throughout many seasons of encounters i think the you know going back all the way to fourth edition stuff oh, yeah. we've, and then so newer stuff that's sort of developed in the past couple ones we've got mary legs trading company um, and pugs. we've got the pugs, the pugs. yeah, the that are like all under sixteen yeah. years old from um, Baldur's Gate. The Futwick family from Baldur's Gate. They were all from the Dales. Um, from the Dales, that was for the Crystal Staff yeah. Mm -hmm. season. Yeah. 
Um, Diamond Staff. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Well, there was uh, Diamond Staff and uh, Crystal Shark. Yeah, it's yes, very, indeed. very yeah, close. Uh, Torgs. Uh, uh, the Rosenbergs. Are the Rosenbergs. Are the Rosenbergs. Oh, yeah, the Rosenbergs. <laughs> and, um, Ronsenbergs, excuse me. And I think me. this <laughs> season uh, a uh, new one is starting The Lost. So yeah. So What's interesting, interesting to see is that so many uh, characters who belong to these affiliations are in different factions. Mm-hmm. So even though they've been connected through whatever their affiliations they share, they're in different factions. So it's almost this really interesting thing where these affiliations are infiltrating all these factions mm-hmm. yeah. and they still are keeping faith with each other. We saw that a lot too taking place when we were in the Underdark and we were playing in the Drow. Yeah. And, and when mm-hmm. we, were follow- we had different followers and different people were trying to kind of just utilize subterfuge and yeah. get in and try and get information about what everyone else was doing. Yeah. But to round back on a, something that Lauren had said, she was talking about changing the language because we were talking about we were saying factions, then which the coast kind of brought factions into the game, and we were, everyone was said, "Oh, hey, something that's really cool about Fifth Edition that I've that I've seen is that." The language that they're using now that it's so loose and, and we're focusing on this rulings, not rules, and how easy it is to plug into the game and make it make sense and sort of massage it to where you need it to go, which is something that I think that we really struggled with, with in fourth because you had this very defined, explicit way of not only engaging with the game, but speaking with each other. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that's really cool that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, fifth edition around. is extremely flexible. I think in, you know, as far as, you know, coming from from all standpoints, you know, coming from a player who's building a character and wants to kind of create something really cool to the DM that's running the table that needs to just come up with things on the fly to the organizers who are trying to organize an event and make sure that like, you know, for me having seven DMs, you know, it, it was super evident last week where we were all literally running the same two pages of the module, yet the experience that every single player had at each table was totally different. It was almost as if every DM was running a completely different module, yet, you know, they got to from point A to point B, and just the way that they got there was was a very unique experience. And that is something that I've always really been excited about is sort of letting, you know, the idea that, that every DM has something unique about their DMing style and something unique to bring to the table. And so we get a lot of players that come to the store that are interested in DMing. And one of our pitches, you know, outside of encounters is to say, well, yeah, you know, the greatest thing about coming to the 20-sided store encounters is that we randomize the seating every week. So you have an opportunity to play with a different DM each week and you get a chance to kind of see a lot of different DM styles and maybe you'll get inspired and think about, you know, maybe you pick a little bit from something Ken is doing or something Chris is doing, something Danny is doing. Now you've sort of meshed that all together. Now you've you've created your own DMing style sort of based on your experiences and what you enjoyed from being able to game with a lot of other DMs. And I think that, you know, going to Gen Con, that was really exciting because there were, I mean, over a hundred DMs. So, you know, this opportunity to really be in a room of just so many so many DMs and and hearing stories that there are other stores across the United States that are getting up to you know five six DMs as well is just super inspiring and and really exciting and I think you know we're we're seeing a, a really good a really good um, resurgence of interest. Oh yeah. yeah, with this with this new edition for sure. Yeah, that has been the the best thing about living through it because fifth edition is the first edition change that I've lived through and I've been conscious of and. Like it's so amazing to see just the positive vibes coming out of it. I think uh, something also that the 20 sided store has always done is really emphasize this idea that we're bringing people into the hobby. Mm-hmm. It's it's about being this access point where you can come in and take part in something, think that it's awesome, purchase a book or two, head home and share it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually PAX two years ago sitting in on a panel and actually expressing that saying, somewhere it's breaking down for us because we have people coming into the store and this is the only place that they can get this experience and we weren't they they weren't creating these games at home they weren't going home and setting up play and doing that kind of stuff in fifth edition there's like this explosion of you know what this is easy and i can take this home and i can share this with other people and i can get this off the ground and make this happen and that's something um that's really empowering it's a it's a nod to what lauren and louise have done with their business and it's also it's it's exciting it's exciting to see that the hobby all of a sudden has like is experiencing this renaissance where it's just like everyone is talking about D&D everyone wants to be a part mm-hmm. of it when you mention it there's not the stigma 
about anymore. It's kind of like, yeah, D&D is this cool thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of our other uh, community members and also an employee at, at uh, the store, Jocko, wrote an amazing article for, for Vice about how D&D has become cool. And it's... And not even like the sort of uh, hipster cool because we are in Williamsburg. We have to a address that. <laughs> it's not the sort of like ironic cool. It's it's cool to play D and D. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. And and just uh, as an aside, if you are looking to get into D and D, definitely check out the starter set. Oh it's yes, great. It's a yes. great product. It's twenty bucks. It's super easy to learn and use. It's like a board game. You just take it home. It's in a box. You can set it up and play mm -hmm. it in about ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. we need to move on, but I would re be remiss if I didn't mention that the basic rules are for free. You can download them true. for free. Yeah. It's a, like a hundred-page document mm -hmm. that will mm -hmm. teach you how to play yeah, D and D. And just to, to plug really quick, I think that the one thing that should always be assumed whenever we're plugging products and saying, hey, mm -hmm. pick up this stuff, support your friendly local gaming store. Yeah. Here, here. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers. Also, yeah. you know, and also, like, I want to give a super huge shout out to, you know, everybody at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. I mean, they did a two-year... Yeah. <laughs> Public playtest, yeah, where you know, and and they, you know, they actually read every single mm -hmm. line of feedback, and I have you know customers coming into the store, owning it, being like, you know, seeing something, this. yeah, like yeah. seeing mm. something in the book, being like, that was that was because of my feedback, and that's so cool. They listened, you know, and I think that yeah. that's you know that's why everybody really does. I think feel this sort of compassion towards the game as well as because you know they, they put their they, they put their time into it. It. yeah they yeah and yeah you know we, everybody feels like you know they've 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 had this opportunity to kind of be a part of to something you know of 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 the the game that started role playing games we've all had an opportunity to kind of kind of be be in it and be part of it and be present with it and and I think that that's Talk great. about creating stakeholders, jeez. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so moving along to the real meat of of uh, the uh, uh, discussion, although we did kind of cover fifth, um, we will probably touch upon that a little bit soon. Gen Con 2014. It is over. It is it is uh, done and what a time it was. Yeah, jeez. Uh this is my third time in a row going to uh, Oh, I didn't Gen know Con. that. Yeah, yeah. I've been going since uh 2012. Oh, that's and awesome. always at, in a uh judge capacity. Like mm. I was always there as a, a judge. I gave pretty much my entire show to Wizards every single time cuz it was the only way that I could afford to, <laughs> to go. Cuz guys, it's expensive. Yeah. It's really expensive to go there and i mean go to any convention and it's like hotel rooms are three times what they would normally be and yeah like you've gotta like uh buddy up you've got to do all these different things to make this this uh, you gotta this sleep four to a bed that yeah. is very true yeah yeah cross that one off of my i heard some people were sleeping six to a bed what oh, yep Oh man. Okay, so but this was my third show. Ken, you've been previously. I I went yeah. when it was still in Milwaukee, yeah, in two thousand two thousand one. It moved right. out to Indianapolis in two thousand three, I believe. Right. So this is my first time going in a decade, and it was really interesting to see how it had changed and what was different, mm -hmm. and just how it was different from other shows. How, uh, how has it changed? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. Well, it was mo way more overwhelming. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like in Milwaukee, it was uh, a bit more, um, I don't want to say accessible, but just like, manageable. Like, there was it like, was oh. A, it was a smaller show. It was definitely a smaller show. I mean, yeah. there were 56,000 people who showed up this year, which is crazy pants. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like we descended upon Indianapolis and just like yeah. took that place over. And and what's fantastic is that is that Indy, totally likes it oh yeah they're like oh, they embrace on. us sure. with open arms sure. they're like hey sure. welcome gamers and there's there are signs everywhere saying gen con special gen con this gen con that yeah it's amazing because when like when uh new york comic-con comes into a town nobody cares it's like all right whatever you got these cosplayers well, I mean, walking down what's well, 130,000 people amidst eight million mm. of course <laughs> yes it, it's a drop in the in the uh, proverbial pan but Indy really embraces this show 
like no show I've ever seen. Even Boston that has PAX East come through, which we all go to usually, uh, they they will say and like I've had I've spoken to people who work in walking distance of the Boston Convention Center who have no clue that PAX is uh, going on. Yeah, um, like they just know there's massive foot traffic and they don't know why. Yeah. But yeah. everyone in in downtown Indianapolis knows that it's Gen Con season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that is true. Yeah, Gen Con is certainly a different show than other shows that that we are ache accustomed to for the most part because of the ticketing system. Well, but, that, that's what was yeah. most different, or not the most different. That was the most same as the same as a, about ten years ago. Is you oh. still had to buy your tickets and they would send them to you and you'd show up at the show and mm-hmm. hand over your tickets to yeah. play and and all that good stuff. Um, you yeah. know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was interesting. The whole ticketing system is an interesting system. Yeah, I mean, for, this is my first Gen Con experience, and and from my perspective, the ticketing system, I think, is just because it's been in place and it's worked right and it's it, at this point it is so yeah and well the, you know the convention is so huge and there's so many volunteers there's so many gamers who go so regular like the vibe of the people there was so different than other conventions in the sense that that i found there to be people that just you know, they're, they're displaced gamers that meet up at Gen Con every year mm-hmm. and that's their thing. And yeah. they know exactly yeah. what they're going to do and they know exactly where they're going to be meeting up. And, and it's a very sort of planned experience, which for me, you know, I am, I'm not that much of a planner when I go on vacation. I kind of like to just sort of see where things take me. And I realize the next time I go to Gen Con, I need to, I need to set a schedule. I got to have <laughs> yeah. a plan. Yeah. I need to know exactly yeah. what I'm going to do because I found that, that with, you know, with the ticketing system, if you know what you want to do, it's great. You just you just log in, you you find your events, you sign up for them. You know, especially if you do it early, those tickets get mailed to you. You don't even have to go through those yeah. lines, which were quick. Get those tickets yeah. mailed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Waiting on that will call line was a rookie move. Yeah, that's and yes, what we did. They was, do move yeah. fast. Like it's fast for how huge that line is, but still. Get your tickets mailed to you. Yeah, that was great. That was, that was yeah, a good but call. I did I did find like you know we um, uh, a Brooklyn band, chamber band. Woo! Yeah. Ch- chamber, yeah, chamber band, band was playing <laughs> their chamber first. Band. Check them out; they're their, great. Their yeah. first Gen Con. They were playing their first Gen Con, and um, you know they were they were in this room, and there is nobody in the room when we go and enter enter in there. And I'm looking at the hallway and seeing hundreds of people walking up and down the hallway and my first thought was none of these people have any idea that this show is even mm-hmm. going on right. that this yeah, band yeah. is even here yeah. you know it's just how do you even how do you advertise yeah. something like that you know you're you're a new you're a new act at this convention that's yeah. been around for 40 years how do you how do you get in there how do you advertise yourself how do you how do you get the name out there you know they drove in they didn't have time to look flyer or let people know mm-hmm. and i literally went into the hallway with their record and was like there's a show yeah. upstairs go check it out go check it out and you know before we knew it we had like 20 people in there yeah, rocking out to the show cool. who were like really that's awesome it's exactly what i want to do and they just walked right in Definitely. and they were they yeah. were super excited that they just happened to be walking down that hallway at that time mm-hmm. And so I think about, well, how many other things did I miss because there weren't these big flags or people jumping out at me? It's like, this is everything that's happening here. And it's the size of a gaming manual. It's a huge book. Yeah. Yeah, Basically, your brain can't even process how much is going on at this this, show. It's overwhelming. It's all overwhelming. For me, I basically came to the point where I was all like, the universe is going to take me where I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to Which, run into the people I, I need to run yeah. into. I'm going to find the things I need right. to find. And it's just like you almost have to give yourself yeah. up to Gen Con. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sure. I, for my, this was Gen my, Con, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> this was my first Gen Con, and we were talking about the game um, lowering barriers and becoming more accessible and, and inviting new people into the hobby. And mm-hmm. I've played Dungeons and Dragons for so long, but I I don't strongly identify with gamer culture, which mm. we talk about a lot. And so oh, yeah. for me, Gen Con has never it's never been something that I was like, "Hey, this is for me." Right? Yeah. You know, because yeah, it feels like it's, it's my, all grognards. It, well, yeah. I mean, I just like I have my gaming group. I have my friends who are into it. Mm-hmm. It all it serves me well. I I don't know anything about other games. I'm not deeply interested in a lot of what goes on outside of D and D. But for the very first time, I was like, you know what? There's this is something that happens, and it's something that is for me, and I can be a part of. And I'm so glad that I got to go. I'm glad mm-hmm. that I got to hang out with all of you. I met a whole bunch of new people, which Great is really people. what it's all about. Yeah. Great people. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody there is like everyone's there for the love of the game. Absolutely. And it's amazing that you can cram like fifty eight thousand people into yeah. that I mean, room, and very rarely will will you find one with a bad attitude. Yeah. Hands Everyone there down, is. Everybody yeah. had smiles. Everybody was mm-hmm. excited to meet you and talk to you and. And I, you know, I've been to plenty of conventions where, you know, the crowds get to people and people kind of get mm-hmm. like sort of this kind of like, ugh, like edgy, kind of like, just get me through. I just, I just need to get where I'm going. And you kind of, yeah. and that vibe just kind of, you know, spreads out and you feel it and you're just like, it's this sort of anxious, but I did not feel that at all at Gen Con. Everybody moved at a pace that was comforting and, and welcoming and, I mean, it was unreal. I that was that was the thing that really stood out the most to me was really just the people. Yeah, the, the vendors' hall at Gen Con was crazy. Yeah, I mean, like crazy. Yeah. Speaking of it, you can like, walk oh through that thing three times God, and it was not so huge. see everything. It was huge. It yeah. was overwhelming. Yeah. Seriously, it's so big that certain vendors have multiple booths in it. Right. There were what, like three Chessex booths yeah, there or something were three like that? Chessex booths. There were two Q workshops, like yeah. the ones that do the. Yeah, well, you know, it's like, it's like New dice. York. You, got, you have to have a bodega on every corner. There you <laughs> go. Nobody there wants go. to walk three blocks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and in Hall 1900, Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah like it. Like going to going to the vendor hall, you obviously have to like. Oh yeah. Yeah, I hit like I, I think I spent most of my Gen Con when I wasn't in the D and D area, which was huge. Like for for uh, the past two years, it's taken up that whole half of the half of the hall D. Uh, yeah, hall D, the big play space, which used to hold True uh, Dungeon, but I think Wizards just kicked a uh, uh, True Dungeon right out and said this is ours now. Um, but I spent most of my time either at the Wizards place running D&D or hanging around the Kenzer and uh, company booth being a booth barnacle because of Hackmaster. <laughs> like, well, what was interesting is that D- uh, Wizards didn't even have a booth in the vendor's hall. They had their own yeah, booth the next yeah. to their tables, which yeah. I thought was very interesting. Especially considering the launch of this new edition. Sure. Like, like They weren't selling it themselves. They had like... Everyone else was selling ev- it, though. Very true. Very true. Everyone else was selling the I mean, player's I was, handbook. I was convinced that Wizards was going to hold that player's handbook book until Gen Con because they wanted everyone to, that first bite of uh, the apple was going to be all theirs. Right. I was wrong. There was like, all of the vendors were selling it. I think, and yeah, that no, makes I mean, way I mean, more from sense. A, you know, yeah. from, from a store's pers- perspective, Wizards of the Coast actually does have a really, really great retail support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even through distributors and retail stores, you know, they, they really want to, you know, see... Other see the people, product go. Yeah, and, and see other people being yeah. able to sell their product. You know, they're not trying to you know, hold it for themselves. Yeah. Sure. Um, but speaking of Gen Con, Chris, you did something really cool there. You mm-hmm. were an all access DM. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do like for the last few, uh, few years, Baldman games who are, who are the people who run the wizards D and D play space, uh, have had this all access pass, which has been a thing. Like last year was ghosts of uh, dragon spear castle. It was a Gen Con exclusive at that point, And it was, you could either go, over here and play like the two-hour delve or the four-hour uh, murder in Baldur's Gate opening adventure, or if you spent like a hundred bucks, you had a private DM that would run you through a campaign that would take you from first level up to tenth level, and that was sort of the the VIP area. Uh, this this year they had decided they would do a hundred and fifty dollar ticket that would be you get a personal DM that would run you through all of the D and D games. You had you had a guaranteed seat at everything and your own table. And I had like I was kind of concerned because I mean Dave uh, Christ who runs Baldman Games it's his show. And thank you very much Dave for all your hard work. Indeed yeah. Dave, hold on, <laughs> kudos, kudos Dave. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Oh, we'll get will, into that in a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will never hear this, but kudos, Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, he doesn't let you on as an all-access judge. Like being an all-access judge is a it's an it, honor. Yeah, yeah. It's an it's an honor, and it's a it's um, it's conviction that you are you are meant for this. Like this, that you were a good DM in order to get that. 
So I was a little concerned, like, man, can I handle it? Because we got those adventures super late. I'm not going to say how late, but we got them super late. <laughs> and those are the adventures that are going to be played at D&D Expeditions, which that is, is a new true. program that's starting in September. Yes, and well, we right? will get Except into the adventures. The Except, Except for, for the finale. Yes, corruption that is going crypto. to be a, yeah, a corruption at, at, at Candlekeep is a convention exclusive. Ah, Garden. Be, Garden. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, PG-13. I can say that. I can say that. <laughs> It's 13 I mean, and up. Yeah, like, Indeed. I, mean, I, mean, I complete this. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it was corruption at, uh, no, it's confrontation at a candlekeep corruption at, at a crypt garden. Yep. Who names these things? <laughs> um, Teo, love you. Yeah, thank you, Teo. Yes. Uh, uh, but that is the sort of experience that can only be run at a big convention. And we're going to get into that in, in a slight bit because that was the one thing that we all experienced and what an experience it uh, was. I was super worried that, you know, like, you have these people who pay a lot of uh, money to play D&D, and you feel like it's going to, it's weeds out all of the, all the people who are just going to sit down and be a jerk. Right. Because it's a huge, it's a, it's a big financial barrier to entry. Right. But we had, I, I had great players. I had some people who have been playing games since Chainmail. And wow. that is, I think my favorite thing that you mm. had to say about your gamers was, mm. didn't you have an, like, like three generations yeah, worth of yeah, gamers I had at your a, table? Yeah, I had a son, a father, and a and a grandfather. Yeah, that so is awesome. incredible. Like, that's that awesome. is, yeah. that is that's, to me, that is mm -hmm. what Gen Con is about. You Definitely. know what I mean? Like, that right there says it all. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, you know, my, my parents um, have a, a business and they do a lot of conventions and my mom always talks about, you know, all the, all the people who go to conventions as, as carny folk, you know, cause like <laughs> you, you travel together, you see each other, you know, at these, you know, on the road at these places and, um, and, you know, and just to see, you know, the families that get brought into it and the people that return year in and year out and, and traditions that are made based on it. So it's like, not only is, is D and D a game that we all play and we all love and there's a new edition out but it is a tradition that mm -hmm. families have done yeah. for generations now three generations and it's yeah. evident at your table for this exclusive D&D game where they get to play with like one DM mm -hmm. for the whole convention leading all the way up to the final finale of of uh, Crypt Garden, right. which was just, you know, I, yeah. mean, I was like, yeah, I was like, what a great idea. Who yeah. thought of that? Yeah, no, it's awesome stuff. It is really cool. We met uh, this one gentleman, uh, this one couple, rather, I think who had gone to every true dungeon since yes. it started or whatever. Wow. Yeah, right? Which that is, is like an expensive 30 years. Oh, yeah. yeah but well, if, I think something else, I mean, even sort of like piggybacking on our discussion about 5th edition and accessibility and you talk about generations of people and generations of gamers, something yeah. that I really took from my experience of sitting down at different tables and meeting new people was how easy and um, under the, how familiar the game was to mm. people who have come before and who, who decided that third wasn't for them, so they've been mm -hmm. playing second edition the entire time, yeah. or who came in j or just before fourth dawned and, and decided right. that the game wasn't for them, so they stepped away, and now they're back. And as yeah. soon as, like, all of the language that we're using and everything that's happening at the table, mm -hmm. they immediately pick up on it. It's immediately understandable. It is Dungeons & Dragons. It's the, the, the yeah. core. Yeah. 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 Well, and what was, what was super impressive to me, too, is that... Um, you know, we were at the DM meeting and it was, they did it like a show of hands of who's, you know, who's first time DMing at Gen Con and half of the room raised their hand. Oh, really? Hand. Jeez. Yeah. You know? This was the first like, time was that we had more DMs. turnout. Yeah. 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 We had more DMs than we had. I mean, there's obviously demand, mm -hmm. but we had more DMs than we had table space. Oh. Right. That yeah. never happens. We are always like, we have Short all these DMs. players. Yeah, and we have to pull people out of the line who can just run it, like just sight read this uh, 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 material and give them some free swag for it. Mm -hmm. But we had people down the block who wanted to DM at this yeah. at this show and just couldn't get in. Yeah, and then and then on the threads, you know, out of all the D, you know, after the fact, there was a lot of conversations from the DMs saying like, "Hey, like it was super." cool that most of my tables I had at least half of my players who had never played D&D &D yeah. before yeah. you know and, and, and this one you know the person who started the thread was like was that you know was that 
Is that like is that, the norm? Yeah, is that yeah. the experience that the rest of you all had? And then, you know, all these other DMs are chiming in like, yeah, that's the experience I had as well. And like to me, I mean, that really, that's really cool, you know, yeah. just that people felt really comfortable to just drop in and sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's only one week later, the very first weekend, we're already getting text messages and things from people who live here in New York that we met over there. And yeah. it, it just mm-hmm. really expands your community. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And definitely. And then going into like the organization and, um, Baldwin Games, you know, just to really, you know, I'm running, I think, you know, I've got a lot to manage with, <laughs> with you know, seven, eight DMs. I mean, he's managing a hundred DMs and, yeah. and what was it? Some like 500 or 700 players. We had 700 yeah. players seven, yeah. seven, at Corruption Crypt Garden for sure. For Corruption yeah. at Crypt Garden. And I remember I was like, okay, you know, I got sent the, the module and I'm reading it and I'm totally already, you know, as a, the control freak I am thinking like, okay, well, what if we tried this or what if we tried that? Or I wonder why they decided to do it that way. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be, you know, the, the helper monkey for this game. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like, I'm that gonna, term survives. Right, yeah. I know. I'm gonna You're see, really owning it. I'm going to see if, <laughs> you know if uh you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna ask these questions you know because i i was really going there to um you know to just to really see firsthand you know the sort of administration side of something so big and you know the minute i got there and was actually physically in it i was like okay now i know why it's mm-hmm. written like yeah. this yeah. now i know why these kind of things are in place because it's a very, very different ball game when you're dealing with eight DMs and then when you're dealing with a hundred DMs yeah. and seven hundred players. Like that's just you know, Danny and I. And uh, oh, go ahead. Everything. Sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, Danny and I didn't DM Corruption at Crypt Garden. We were actually players for right. it. And speaking as a player, the level of communication and coordination that was going on between the DMing staff was amazing. Yeah. It's like they were running messages up to HQ. HQ was announcing things. Everybody at the tables were cheering. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the things that we were doing at the tables affected the announcements that were being made. They had this whole like a projection screen up where they're putting different colored flags up. And they're like, the purple flag has been <laughs> yeah. raised. And we're like, what does that mean? And yeah. we, it was just, it was great. It was, it, like, was, it was really sick. It's a minor miracle that that event worked as well as it, it really did. did like all those moving pieces like yeah. there's something was bound to break yeah i mean everybody was definitely nervous but at the same time the excitement level and and just the sheer support of of all the dms and and everybody who was involved in it and all you know it's just everybody wanted it to work so badly mm-hmm. that it was like okay and i think you know the fact that just people really have confidence in baldwin games and and the and confidence in their way of running things that it's just like no matter what we've got your back no matter what we're going to make this happen no matter what we're going to make this work and it really showed it really it, you know it's like where there were holes or loose ends they just they just got filled in in the action of it and in in the you know in the thralls of it it's just people coming up with ideas right on the spot and just making them work and it was you know and i think that that's also the beauty of the way that these new modules are written and everything else that there really is that that room and that support to be able to like you know also just function the well module was awesome yeah the module, the module yeah. was a lot of fun and uh, it I took so much from the experience by actually going as a player. Lauren and I are so mm-hmm. much alike that we want to step in and sort of oh yeah, like grease these cogs and make it awesome right. and be in control of I what's mean, taking place and, yeah. and to just come and see it from the perspective of somebody who, who walks in and just gets swept away by all of the action that's taking place and watching all of the organizers in the action doing their own thing and just to experience the game was really special and was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I do have to shout out to our DM who was probably, I mean, I'm constantly looking at DMing styles and and thinking of ways to improve my own and to add things to my own game. And I had such a wonderful, wonderful time with our DM. Yeah, Mateus Schaefer, great guy. Uh, Just amazing, amazing time. Really, really great. Yeah. I've heard really good things about your guys's. Uh, we killed the experience. dragon. Oh, that is a dragon. <laughs> How could you not hear about our good time? hashtag humble brag? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you guys had a fantastic time. Like seeing Warren work was. I mean, I I was laser focused on my own table because this was the last thing that we were we were doing. So I was like, okay, let's finish on a high note. Like yeah, I got to sure. give these guys like the biggest, most epic game they've ever had. 
and seeing Lauren just sort of run around and relay messages and be like, as soon as a new flag comes up, Lauren's yeah. running through through my table well, of course, like, like a crazy person <laughs> waving this yeah. yellow flag. Because, of course, like right when we're about to start the event, one of the speakers isn't connected properly oh, and they're yeah. rushing to get somebody out there to kind of get it. They're re-angling the mic. Who yeah, Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, and then everybody's like turning the speakers so that like, but you know, the, the room is so big and you know, you've got players, you got tables like in front of you, behind you, you know, in, in every direction. And it's just like, there's two, there's two speakers. One of them is out. So you've got this one. And so with the projection and the one, um, and the one speaker, and then, you know, we had these flags. So like, okay, we'll, we'll put the flags, um, up at the HQ and I'm just like how many DMs have their back to the, to the HQ. HQ desk mm -hmm. right now I was like why don't I just run oh, up no. and down these aisles and make a huge presentation I out totally of it. thought that was planned and, yeah. and so I was just like and they're yeah. like do it whatever just do it and yeah. I'm like sweet and I was like I was like which flag are we on you know and then there's just you know so just grab a flag I would hear them make the announcement I'd grab the appropriate color flag and just like you know, run all the way out. and then by the time I'd get back up to the HQ desk, we're already on to like another flag. Yeah. yeah. It was I mean, cool. It D &D was cool. D&D Epic is an apt title for yeah. the experience. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't want to give anything away because I know it's going to be played at PAX Prime. It's oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's going to be played up at nice. Fan mm -hmm. Expo in Canada as cool. well, I believe. So it's going to be played a few more times. So yeah. if you are able to play it, definitely get out there and try it. One thing that I love, love, loved about it was that at the beginning, we really got to choose a pathway for the adventure that reflected our personal role-playing yeah. style yeah and that's so cool and you yeah. know what I would that was the one thing that I was like I don't know I, I, I like I was thinking why didn't it, it seemed like from an organizational standpoint that it might have been easier to let the DMs choose the one that they wanted to run and then that they would right. be super excited about it. Right. But actually seeing it in action, it was that was the best choice. Really yeah. giving that choice to the players Player and first. to the table and yeah. really yeah. being able to like make that work. Like yeah, it was great. It was really, really yeah. impressive to see how Tao wrote that and, mm. and how it really came to life. And I think, you know, I was standing next to him through a lot of it and like, you know, just yeah. you could see like the He's smile on nice his guy. face, which, you know, seeing 700 people play his game and just a ton of people coming up, loving it and, and saying, and, thank, you. And saying mm -hmm. thank you, you know, and I'm sure there are a ton of people who didn't come up and tell him who wanted to, you know, I just, I didn't yeah. see one, you know, and I was running literally through every table and, and through every aisle, um, multiple times throughout <laughs> that entire event yeah. and, and everybody seemed to be having a good time at every table. I really didn't didn't see any tables and you know and then when tables started finishing early they started jumping up and helping out other tables and like it was just again not it to was, spoil anything yeah. it was yeah. cool it, I mean, was, it was seeing super, all those people cool. seeing all of those people be like like uh cheering when the ballista went down cheering when mm -hmm. when when the uh necromancer and <laughs> and all and whenever something big happened seeing 700 people raise raise their fist mm -hmm. uh, or like, groan like, right, uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah hearing that was fantastic because <laughs> yeah because you know like i had heard a few people that like, who uh, uh who had screwed it up that was us yeah. we probably yeah. yelled yeah. that yeah <laughs> but speaking of uh, sweethearts like we have to give special uh props to the wizards r d oh, team absolutely who made themselves so available really, during really. Gen I, I think one of my favorite things was yeah. when they wrote on that card we had those cards that they handed out to complete yeah. like those yeah. eight little it was so funny because when I very first looked at it, I was like, are these guys crazy? I mean, all these people that are here, you're going to just sign your name to this this many times. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah. But and, and Lauren had said it too, you know, um, some people would want it to come up and, and just thank the person who wrote the game and, and come up and thank this person. But I wonder how many people just missed the fact that they were among us. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're all right yeah. here. You could shake their hand yeah. and say thank you. Yeah. And yeah. and really just sort of just their accessibility and their warmth and their smiles. Yeah. And, you know, on the last day that we're walking through the hall, when you're running into them and you're like, oh, take my picture. I want right. to shake your hand. And they're still just smiling and being like, yeah, this is yeah. great. Was wonderful. Because I know sick. that I would not that have even be sick. visiting the mm -hmm. place on a Sunday after I'd signed my name all those times and right. hugged that many weirdos. And, and, like, <laughs> and gone through all of that. It was it was a a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I think it does so much for the hobby to to for them to be there and be that accessible and to just sort of walk out. I mean, it's actually kind of interesting to do that to think of how many people have just been have have had terrible things to say about the playtest process. Oh yeah, and the and the new game coming aboard to just kind of go out there and and 
own it, I think was yeah. awesome. Because, well, I think, but that's yeah. the thing too. It's like, you know, whenever you've got people commenting on the internet, it sounds so much louder, right? It's like this mm -hmm. one voice seems to overtake the millions and millions and yeah. millions of other voices. And, you know, I, I had an opportunity to speak with um, a lot of the R&D team about the feedback and the feedback that was coming in. And, you know, it definitely was the case where it's like, you know, they're, they're getting bummed out, you know, reading stuff online, but then the feedback that was actually coming in, like the stuff that was actually coming through the public play tests was just saying the complete opposite. And so that was really sort of, um, inspiring and, and, and kind of hopeful for them moving forward. And I think gave them a lot of drive to just keep it going and, and really, um, you know, keep things moving forward. I think they were all really happy to have it finally come Done. out. Yeah. Finally yeah. show it to everyone and and they deserve all the kudos they get. It's a yeah. great, mm -hmm. great game. It's an it's amazing really game. And yeah, like, uh, we were speaking to to Mike and to Rodney Thompson. Yeah. And that that Rodney was, was like, yeah. I I was so, like, he's like, I, <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's quote, like, I'm going to, I might ruin paraphrase. this, but, but paraphrase, paraphrase, yeah. I mean, he basically said that, like, he he would get so bummed out when people would say that it was just a publicity stunt because he was like, I read every single piece and of, there was like a haunted look yeah. in his yeah. eyes when he's like, like, you could like see he was in the trenches. But yeah, like, yeah, Wizards was fantastic to us. They were fantastic to all of, all of, all of the players making oh, themselves yeah. so available. Oh, yeah. And, and like uh, Jeremy Crawford had a had a brilliant speech about going through the play test. Yeah, he had a yeah, great vest yeah. on, man. Yeah, that was like a power vest. It was yeah. plus five. <laughs> uh, about going through the game and like it's clear everyone who works on the Wizards R and D team loves Dungeons and Dragons. They oh, love yeah. what they do. Yeah. Period. And that that really shows through yeah. the work mm -hmm. that's being done. Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing that. I took away from it was them saying the game is now yours. Like we've done it, it's now your game. Have fun. Mm. And uh, a big shout out to uh, Chris Tulak and Chris Lindsay as mm. well, yeah, the organized play guys, yes. um, who just did an awesome job yeah. as well. They're really awesome to meet and just talk with. Yeah. Uh, we are quickly running out of out of uh, time, but before we leave uh, Gen Con, I want to bring up our last point, which is we finally know what the digital tools are going to go look like. Dungeonscape. Uh, yeah, Dungeonscape. I'm so, so excited funny. for Everybody it. Everybody was mentioning Dungeonscape, 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 and I am like, what is Dungeonscape? And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's Morningstar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was right there. It had a giant poster there, like, digital tools for the Dungeons & Dragons tabletop game. Like, when did they change the name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three days ago. Depends like, on who you ask. Exactly. Um, so, final things. Uh, one, what was your biggest, like, what was the re like, what was your best takeaway moment from uh, Gen Con? Lauren. Don't start with me. <laughs> All right. What was your best takeaway moment from uh, Gen Con? Eeny, meeny, miny, Ken. Uh, for me, hands down, my favorite gaming experience memory from Gen Con was the D&D epic, Corruption at Crypt Garden. It, 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 that was the creme de la creme for me. It couldn't have gotten gone better. It couldn't have got, been better. It was, uh, it was the best. Hands down, I'll remember that forever. It was great. All right. And... And uh, Danny Norton. I feel like I'm on the uh, McLaughlin group. <laughs> oh, I love that show. <laughs> Eleanor! <laughs> Eleanor! <laughs> I think that... Wrong my... as usual. <laughs> the, the biggest, best takeaway for me was just all of the new people that I can really count as members of my of the greater gaming community mm -hmm. that I know are out there. Um, I, it's... It's an empowering thing and reassuring thing to know that my hobby is is living and it's well and it's growing and that there are more people coming in. And I think that I walked away from Gen Con um, renewed in the sense that the magic is still here. And that's great. Yeah. Here, here. And finally, Lauren. I got to meet Will Wheaton. Wheaton! <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks to Chris Tulak. <laughs> uh, yeah. I felt really special. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? What was your favorite? Uh, speaking memory? of uh, Will, I got to play at the uh, tabletop area. Like oh, I was one of the yeah. first games. I, I played with Boyan, who's one of the producers on tabletop. We played a variant on Formula D. 
called the speed variant where it's you are racing the traditional formula d race but in addition to it there's a bus that's stuck in fourth gear that's driving with you and attempting to run you off of the road <laughs> we had a great moment where one of the players was constantly rolling fantastically so her character was like smoking talking on the cell phone there was a baby in, in, in the back driving with her knees yet still making those hairpin turns and then the bus just rams right into her car blows up carnage death and destruction <laughs> carnage. it was a, it was an amazing experience i was so glad to have been in there because the the uh, geek and sundry people are fantastic yeah uh so that is going to do it for uh, this uh program uh i want to thank everyone for 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 listening to us not watching because you're not in the room with us <laughs> yeah. or are you yeah. <laughs> um so where can we find uh, uh, everyone. I uh, just want to let you know I'm Ken Breeze. I blog at uh, Burlingsbeard.com. Check that me is out. True. Yep. I blog about uh, D and D all the time, gaming in general. Re- uh, Gen Con recaps mm-hmm. there as well. For me, honestly, oh, yes, yes. M- read that. My- that. That's a fantastic recap. Thank you, Chris. Read it. Appreciate that. And Danny, um, I'm actually a pretty active community member of Wizards of the Coast community boards in the Dungeons and Dragons forums. Nice. So if you want to hit me up, my name is Mr. Popstar. I'm always in there, kind of assisting <laughs> other people. Um, I, the thing that I think is really cool about it when you talk about all of the um, gamers out there who don't have communities to plug into or they don't have local gaming stores that's an outlet for them and it's a way to step in and I think that Lauren really nailed it when she said that some of the voices on the internet are just so loud yeah so if you want to come in and affect positive change on the internet engage (laughs) what yeah no it's good stuff there's a lot of good people uh, people from all over the world come in and there's a lot of opportunity to really sort of reinforce and support the games of people who are just getting their feet wet. So it's a really great thing. And Lauren, well, w- w- we obviously know about the uh, story. We will get into that. But where can they well, find you? Well, not everybody, right? We're yeah, going right. to yeah, reach that is out beyond the 20-sided store. And we're going to welcome <laughs> anybody who does not know about the 20-sided store and anybody who does know about the 20-sided store to remind them that every Wednesday... We are running D&D Encounters. We also run a ton of alt RPG events on Sunday. We run board games. We run Magic the Gathering. We've got a lot of games. We've got um, a great location in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. You can find us at 20sidedstore.com, all spelled out. You can follow us on Twitter at 20sidedstore. And uh, we'll be seeing you around. Yeah, my name's Chris. You can follow me on on uh, Twitter at just Chris Wood. I'm also on uh, Google Plus, but that is too long f- for me to even say right now. <laughs> so I don't even know why I uh, brought it up. It is getting late. So thank you all so much. We will see you next time. And until then, um, keep rolling those twenties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you all so much. See, and we'll see you. Bye. Bye. We thank you for listening to this episode of 20-Sided Stories. For more, visit us at www.20sidedstore.com or at 362 Grand Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. This podcast was produced by Mad Scientist Audio in conjunction with Studio Belanco and with music by Sonia Manalili.